You're listening to Canada Reimagined. I'm Patrick Esmond White. This episode, The Neighbors. My generation, those of us who enjoyed juicy political gossip, remember a story from 1965. The Vietnam War was raging. Prime Minister Lester Pearson was in Washington. The evening before he was to meet with President Lyndon Johnson, he delivered a speech in which he criticized the Vietnam War. The next day, he met LBJ. On arrival at the White House, the President grabbed him by the collar, lifted him, shook him, and yelled at him, You pissed on my rug. That's our friend and neighbor. Later, Pierre Trudeau compared Canada's U.S. relationship to a mouse sleeping with an elephant. Mostly, the elephant doesn't even know the mouse is there, but if it rolls over, that mouse is squashed. One time, when I was working for the CBC, I interviewed the Washington Post editor on why his newspaper hadn't even mentioned a political crisis in Ottawa caused entirely by the U.S. His response... I asked my Toronto desk, there is no news in Canada this week. My point is, Canada is barely noticed by Americans, and when we are, it's usually a bad thing. Americans, of course, take for granted our unquestioned support for them on the world stage. When that support is not instantly given, or when American industries complain, we get bullied. That's the relationship. Some ideas I've put forward in Canada Reimagined would provoke our neighbour. Canada, therefore, needs to plan to handle the fallout from these to minimise disputes and maybe even have a trick up our sleeve. As a quick sidebar, polls suggest that in several years Canada may have a new Prime Minister, one who does not see the climate crisis as a priority. Many ideas presented in Canada Reimagined would not fly with a government that confuses bumper stickers with policy papers. The premise of this podcast is that Canada needs a 50-year plan and one election setback is simply a speed bump. However, back to the other major speed bump. Think about what a grand strategy for Canada might aspire to be a 50-year goal of peace, order, and good government, and a sustainable planet. In pursuing that strategy, drawing the ire of Washington would definitely not be in our interest. Yet submission would be equally bad, and we cannot afford to be intimidated. So Canada needs a counterweight to America's advantage in power and economic strength. We need more influence. For this... We must build Canada economically. We must also strengthen alliances of all kinds with friends inside and outside the United States. These allies do exist, but the relationships could be stronger. They have to be if we're to avoid being bullied. Yes, Canadian diplomats already work to build relations with foreign allies. They do it well. Still, everybody knows that Washington is the big dog. It's admittedly touchy to work with allies inside the United States and not be accused of political interference, but there are ways. We can do more in communication, social media, working through influencers. That is the indirect approach 
to a grand strategy. Of course, there is an obvious wild card in the Canada-U.S. relationship, and that's the political chaos and partisan divide in the U.S. that will come to a head in the 2024 election. Their Republican Party has moved so far to the right, it's hard to see how democracy can even survive if they win. What will happen in 2024? Who knows? Canada has to prepare for all outcomes without getting pulled into the cesspool of American dysfunction. If the Democrats win, it will still be difficult for Canada. Many Democrats are made-in-America protectionists. Canada can expect no neighborly help there. But if Republicans win power, American democracy itself is in peril. The American role we've taken for granted, however flawed, would come to an end. This is the Jekyll and Hyde nature of our neighbor. Americans like to take pride in being the land of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. To them, American exceptionalism is real. They truly believe that the United States is uniquely virtuous among nations, the first modern democracy, the ordained leader of the free world. Yet American virtue is only occasional, its democracy is flawed, and its leadership cannot be trusted. Every Canadian knows the good America and the bad America. That's our neighbor, Jekyll and Hyde. The only question is how we deal with them. In the coming years, Canada can expect turmoil and chaos to our south. Violence and reaction lasting a generation is hard to see a happy ending. There are too many guns, too many lies, too much fake news, and too little dialogue. So, faced with a few tempestuous years down south, what would happen if Canada introduces ideas and policies that are truly different? Policies that diverge from the American standard. How do we handle our irritable neighbor while doing our own thing? First, the good news. Most Americans will continue to ignore Canada as they have in the past, and that's excellent. Changes we might make to social policy or constitutional reform would be widely unnoticed. Industrial strategies can be initiated by Canada so long as American industries are not directly harmed or if they have a chance to profit. These include a hydrogen economy, small modular reactors, hydrogen airships or green mining. No big deal to most Americans as there would be opportunities for businesses to invest. No problem there. Noticed and a definite concern to some Americans would be investments in regenerative agriculture, guaranteed basic income, or universal health care, to name but three. These policies drive the extreme right-wing crazy in both countries. The political fallout would have to be managed very carefully, but the damage could be limited. Canadian climate initiatives would be welcomed by the current White House, but strongly opposed by the candidate whose name may not be spoken. The Americans recently put billions of dollars into the fight against climate change, infrastructure, green policies, a hydrogen economy, ecosystem preservation. Some Republicans actually voted for it, most did not. However, a Republican sweep in 2024 would reverse many of these green initiatives. 
Many of them simply deny the science behind global warming. Of course, Canada may well see its own climate initiatives cancelled after our next federal election. Both countries seem to take one step back for every two taken forward. Over time, however, climate catastrophic events are inevitable. Politicians will then try to play catch-up. Sadly, we've already wasted far too much time. Moving on, some Canadian policy changes would trigger a political response in Washington. These include tax reform, communications regulation, and volatile trade issues like softwood lumber and dairy. None of this is new. Canada's used to fending off the bully in all these issues. Canada usually wins trade cases on the merit and then loses them anyway. How about Canadian resources that the United States may want? This issue may work to Canada's advantage. American companies would continue to have access to natural resources in Canada through the normal business process. They may not like our taxes or environmental regulations. However, if a green mining industrial strategy is done right, opposition from environmental critics and indigenous stakeholders would be reduced. If it includes cost-saving measures, an affordable mining boom can occur. American investors can definitely work with that so long as our overall relationship is stable. As our economy grows, American companies will want to be part of it. Regardless of who's in the White House, industries that benefit would be natural allies for Canada. Money talks. Now, the bad news. At the very top of a list of Canadian-U.S. irritants would be changes to our defense policy. The cancellation of military purchases from American corporations and proposed amendments to defense agreements, all that would be controversial. This is an issue where Washington expects to be obeyed. Canada's already warned that our spending on U.S. weapons is too slow. The American ambassador to Canada has issued veiled threats. This issue would get very messy, very ugly, regardless of who's in the White House. But that's not the half of it. Canada can have a big dispute with Washington over changes to defense policy and royal the relationship, yet Canada's military is so puny that this would not even have any global consequences. So that's not the worry. The worry is that if 2024 is won by he who shall not be named, the outcome would have horrific implications to global security. And it's ironic. We all know that our neighbor's foreign policy is historically flawed, immoral, unnecessary, and bloody American wars have been waged in Vietnam, Central America, Afghanistan, Iraq, and other places. The CIA has a long history of political interference that seldom ends well. They deposed democracy in Iran, installed the Shah, and opened the door to religious extremists. They propped up dictators in Central America and wonder why refugees flee the carnage and end up on their southern border. Naturally, all those acts were taken in the name of the free world fighting communism and terrorism, but it's historically not a pretty record. What then of the future? 
If an extreme right-wing American president were elected and embraced authoritarian rulers, what then? What if the president befriended Russia and China and abandoned democratic allies? A distracted and rudderless America would no longer be there to help Japan, Taiwan, Ukraine, or other democracies as they maintain a deterrence. NATO would shrink. Adversaries would be emboldened, willing to take risks. It would turn the world upside down. So what can Canada do? First, in dealing with the United States, Canada's grand strategy should be to follow the indirect approach. We must avoid direct confrontation with Washington, but flank and distract. We must avoid triggering aggressiveness towards Canada. Yes, militarily we are helpless. Actual conflict between us, however, is extremely unlikely. Still, Canada must tread softly. Washington has sharp elbows. Second, Canada could follow a new defense strategy that bolsters cybersecurity, strengthens the protection of our oceans, works with other allies on affordable next-generation weapons, and builds up a climate core. All this would take time, but the initiatives would provide an alternative storyline. The most powerful thing Canada could do actively is to actually show Americans a dramatically different way to govern, setting an example that's a beacon of hope, of civility. We can do more to respect our minorities, reinvent democracy, build a green economy, and debate social issues without hatred. By implementing a guaranteed basic income, Canada could demonstrate a totally different approach to fighting poverty, inequality, and homelessness. We can show that constitutions can be renovated, updated, modernized. Taken as a whole, these are elements of a strategy to build Canada so it is a country to be reckoned with that our neighbor must respect. Now, as I said earlier, being totally ignored by Washington is usually better than the alternative. But here is the irony. The inevitable chaos ahead in the United States will consume most of their attention. No transformational leadership has emerged to reunite America, to lift Washington from the mire. Americans will be far too busy fighting for the soul of their own nation to pay any attention to their northern neighbor. That's good. Meanwhile, business opportunities for American firms in Canada will mute much of the criticism. Assistance from our climate corps south of the border will win public support from Americans. The benefits of all these initiatives, in short, will mitigate the risks. It's possible to do what's best for Canada without fear. Let's forget the metaphor of the elephant in bed with a mouse. It's time for separate beds. That way, we can remain friends with benefits. You've been listening to Canada Reimagined. I am Patrick Esmond White. I'd like to thank Tom Evans for the artwork, Tom Platt for the theme music, and Harbinger Media for allowing me to be part of their wonderful collection of independent Canadian podcasters. Tune in again next week. Take care.